So today I'm speaking to you um, on the subject, a walk through the Bible. Jesus in the 66 books of the Bible. A walk through the Bible, Jesus in the 66 books of the Bible. I believe that a walk through the Bible will surely lead you to a very good destination. And I need you to walk with me for a couple of Sundays. We will walk through the Bible and I believe that it's really, it will going to bless you. Let me begin with what I call fast facts about the Bible. So the Bible is a library of 66 books. It's a library of 66 books. Now, let me try to explain this to you and for you to understand it very well. So imagine yourself, you enter into a library and there are 66 books on project management or 66 books of human resource management and you are supposed to do a research you are supposed to do a research on on human resource management you can't just take one of the books and make your conclusion on one of the books you have to at least take three four five six or ten of the books to be able to draw a conclusion because a project management book one project management book will be throwing light on another project management book or one human resource book will be throwing light on a, so what you read in project management book one that you did not understand project management book two or three will make it better for you to understand so the bible is a library of 66 books and the bible is the best teacher of itself the Bible explains itself better than any man can explain the Bible to you. I cannot explain the Bible better than the Bible itself explaining itself to you. Are you here? So, the more you read the Bible, the more you understand the Bible. You cannot just take one scripture somewhere and build your life on it are you here and build your life on that scripture the bible said ask and ye shall receive but many people have asked and they have not received but if you go to other verses of the bible it will give you the conditions under which you can ask to receive the bible said when you ask believe that you have received it and ye shall receive it the Bible says that you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you to go and bear much fruit and that your fruit should remain. Then you will ask the Father anything in my name and he shall have it. So you see that there are conditions to asking and receiving. So you cannot take only that one scripture and feel disappointed that you have asked the Lord for something and the Lord did not answer you. So the Bible is the best commentary on itself. And that is why as a Christian, you must devote your time and your life in the study of the Bible. Amen. The Bible was written by more than 40 traditional authors. More than 40 people wrote the Bible. And these people who wrote the Bible, some were shepherds, some were doctors, some were priests, some were kings. Some were even illiterates. And yet by the inspiration of God, they wrote the Bible. 
Some were young, some were old. For the Bible was written for across a period of between 1,500 to 2,000 years. That's how long it took to write the Bible. So somebody wrote one book of the Bible, died, his grandchildren died, great-great-grandchildren died, 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 the whole family died, 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 even his bones died. Before another author of the Bible was born, was born. But the amazing thing about the Bible is that it has one theme running through it. Somebody writes something, dies and goes. Another person comes to continue without knowing the person who wrote it and having seen what the person wrote. Wasn't like on the, the day of um, social media where you can just go and click whether on social media whether somebody has written something similar to what you are writing. There was no plagiarism software anywhere. You couldn't trace whether somebody has written what you have written or no. You could not find. Some people wrote it far away from the others. And yet, when you look at the Bible, the same thing runs through it. God's plan of salvation with Jesus being at the center of it. With Jesus being at the center of it. Well, sometimes people say, oh, there are contradictions in the Bible. I need to establish here. The Bible is flawless. There are no contradictions. There are no mistakes in the Bible. The translators from the original language in which the Bible was written, or the original languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, in translating it, they could because you take one Greek word, it will mean four or five things. And your biases will let you choose one particular word to favor you. But it doesn't mean the Bible has a contradiction. There is no contradiction. His word is flawless. And it is a very solid document. It is the all-time bestseller. And hundreds of millions of Bibles are sold every day. Yeah. People buy it, buy it for different reasons. Some people buy it because they want to disprove it. And for so many years, people have tried to disprove, to disprove the Bible. It hasn't worked. The reason why all these people who wrote the Bible wrote almost the same thing is simply because they were inspired by God. Inspiration means the breath of God. God breathing on you, breathing. You remember when God created man and he formed him out of the clay. What did he do? He breathed on the man. And the man became a living being. Okay. So these people also writing the Bible, God has to breathe into them. Again. And they wrote. That was why Moses was not there when God created the heavens and the earth. Yet, Moses was able to write about it. Are you here? Do you understand? Yes, Moses was able to write about it. Now, the Bible has about 1,189 chapters. And in almost every chapter of the Bible, you will find a type, a typology of Christ. Something about Christ. Something that depicts Christ. 
a picture of Jesus Christ in almost every chapter of the Bible. Even in almost every verse of the Bible, Jesus is there. Considering the fact that he is the word, he is the word, then he is in every letter of the Bible. But in this series, we, if I want to share with you truly, finding Jesus in the Bible, we can do it for till rapture comes. But I want to do it in the next few Sundays. So there are times where we will just see Jesus just once in a certain book of the Bible. It doesn't mean that his picture or something about him only came once. What it simply means is that I'm just focusing on something major there. Or I'm just building this on my own limited revelation and understanding of that Bible, of that book. Before I show you, I'm going to speak about two books today. Before we go there, let's find out what some famous people said about the Bible. Because you see, these famous people I'm going to talk about um, were people that were respected, very valued, very, very valued. But the Bible had a certain impact on their lives. And so therefore, they drawn conclusions based on how the Bible imparted their lives and i want to show you some theodore roosevelt the 26th u.s president said something a thorough knowledge of the bible is worth more than a college education a thorough knowledge of the bible is worth more than a college education i am by the grace of god well educated but my major decisions and ideas are not generated or were not generated in the classrooms. They were generated at the time of my Bible studies and in the presence of God praying. That is why it's not only pastors who must go to Bible school. For any Christian who wants to succeed in life, you must desire to know God beyond what your pastor tells you from the pulpit. You must have a thorough knowledge of the Bible. That's why I'm happy to announce that by September this year, we will get an accreditation from um, the regulatory body in the UK to start the level 6 diploma in theology and management, which is equivalent to first degree and it will be done for 14 months and it is one weekend every month and i encourage most of you to join in this uh, uh, quest to know jesus more and to understand him more are you here with me now ronald reagan the 40th u.s president had to, this to say about the Bible. Within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. Within the covers of the Bible are answers to all the problems men face. 
some problems are still resident with you and they are not going they have gained an address and they have taken place in your life because you have not discovered the solution to that problem from the bible and the reason why you have not discovered it is because you are not studying it enough you are not reading it enough you do not understand the bible enough am i preaching now martin luther a german professor of theology who actually led the reformation had this to say about the bible the bible is the cradle within christ wherein christ is laid in other words the bible is a, like like the, like the baby's court where Christ is put. So if we are looking for Jesus. If we truly are looking for Jesus. If we truly are looking for Jesus. You have to look for him. From the Bible. Billy Graham. An American evangelist. Who passed. Who went home to be with the Lord recently. For this man is considered. As one of the most prominent. Christian leaders of the 20th century. And he has this to say about the Bible. If you are ignorant of God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's will. So, so the more you study the Bible, the more you know the will of God for your life. There is nothing so sweet than finding the will of God for your life and living it. Now, now anything you do that you do without whether this thing i'm doing i am doing the right thing or wrong thing whether i'm the right profession or wrong profession you never achieve success a double-minded person does not receive anything good from the lord the most important thing in your life is to discover the will of god and do the things you do with passion and conviction knowing that this is what god has called me to do there is nothing i do now that i have doubts about I wake up every morning knowing that I am waking up into the will of God. I walk out of my room, getting out of my house. I know that I am just walking into the will of God. I'm just walking into the will of God. D.L. Moody, one of greatest one of the greatest american evangelists who actually started mass crusades had this to say about the bible the bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the bible the bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the bible People living in sin do not love Bible teaching churches. Because they are afraid. When they hear God's word, it pinches them. I told you when my children were young, sometimes they can get on the, their beds and something pinches them on the bed. They come and say, Daddy, oh, mommy, something is choking me. Something is choking, choking me. Something is choking, choking me. You see, the word of God, when it is preached, will choke you if there's sin in your life. So if you don't want a chukin chukin church, don't go to a church where they teach the Bible. Find a church where they are sensational. 
where the pastor screams at the top of his voice and preaches everything in general but nothing in particular. Are you here? I'm very sure that if I end the sermon even around this time, you have received a certain, a certain inspiration to try and improve on your Bible study life. Four major benefits from studying God's word. Four major benefits. There are even more benefits. But for the limited time we have in this series, and for the purpose of this series, let me just mention four limited, four, four benefits from the studying of God's word. Number one. Foundations. It lays strong foundations for your life. Strong foundations in life. Strong foundations in life. The Bible gives you strong foundations in life. <laughs> wow. The Bible gives you strong foundations. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? The Bible says that if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You see, your stability in life, your success in life is based on the foundations you have. The only foundation that can survive the strongest earthquake on earth is the foundation laid by God's word. Now, you can, okay, Matthew 7. The verses 24 and 25. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So the Bible makes you wise. When you hear God's word and you put it into practice, it makes you house wise and it makes you build your house on the rock. Here, the house is a reference to your life. A reference to whatever you are committing resources to. It can be your marriage. It can be your education. It can be your business. But most importantly, your life, your life, your life, your life, your life. Here, the rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. You cannot stop the winds from beating against you. You cannot stop the, um, the storms from coming against you. You cannot stop the rains from falling against you. But one thing that you can be assured of is that if you are a practitioner of God's word, you will survive every storm. Are you here? My, confident, my confidence in life my solid confidence in life is that I have built my life on the word of God. I am a solid practitioner of God's word. I am a practical Christian. I am not a Christian by words. I am a Christian by action. The Bible is the center of my life. I make decisions based on the Bible. No storm will bring me down. No storm will bring me down. No storm, no storm, no storm will bring me down. 
No storm will bring me down. The Lord told me something when I was coming here. He said, no man will be able to stand up against you. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. My foundation is so strong and I am so established, grounded and rooted in him. It is impossible to approach me. <laughs> if you fall at the least storm, you are not a practitioner of his word. How do you become a practitioner? You must hear it before you can practice it. Don't go to a church where they don't preach the word. Where you don't hear the word. One of my sons said to me, Daddy, it's not like we haven't been to churches. It's not like we haven't served under big pastors. Just that at this church, at the present place church, you are able to take something home after the service. You go home with something from the Bible. He said in churches that we have been in before, after service, you ask yourself what was preached. What was done? Hmm. Ah. Can I show you another thing? Another benefit of God's word. Another benefit of God's word that it gives you supernatural understanding. Supernatural understanding. Supernatural understanding. Psalm 119 verse 130. King James Version. It says, The entrance of thy word give a light. It gives understanding unto the simple. Simple means a fool. The word of God, when you study it, it gives you supernatural understanding. And don't forget, the law of, one of my laws, but the law states that your understanding, your understanding determines your undertaking. Your understanding determines your undertakings. When you see a man who is serving God, undertaking major projects and undertaking major success, please, 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 don't just ignore and say, oh, he's lucky, he is something. Hey, 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 some supernatural understanding is working. That's why nobody owns the right to my success except God. Because I have supernatural understanding. Supernatural understanding. Where I will see success, most people will not see it. The ideas that will come to my mind, sometimes there are things that come into my mind and I ask myself, so these things, if they were very common like this, if they were very common like this, if it was a common sense, Others would have been doing it. So that people ask, Daddy, how do you generate ideas? I'm just showing you. Supernatural understanding. Yeah, the law of comprehension. The law of comprehension. Someone just sent it to me. Who did that? You are wise. That's my son, I, I know. The law of comprehension. You're undertaking your your understanding determines your undertaking and especially your supernatural understanding because whatever you know if you if you are a phd holder what it means that you are specialized in one area and you have an authority only in one area life is too complex for you to depend to specialize in one area 
Because life does not deal with you from one area. It deals with you from multiple areas. That is why you need supernatural understanding. And supernatural understanding comes from Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of his word, give it light. And give it understanding to the simple. Give it understanding to the simple. Every year, I read the entire Bible. Recently, I gave to my son a book that formed my theological foundation. I was surprised that you read this book. I said, I read it several times. I said, young pastor, your mother will go to work in the morning. I will sit down. By the time she comes in the evening, I'll still be studying God's word. The only thing I had done is to just go and brush my teeth and come back and sit. No food, no water, no bathing. She'll just come and say, honey, you are still here. I said, I'm dropping God's word. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's okay, go and bath, go and bath. It's then that I remember that no, this son of man had not taken his bath. And I love it. And the way my life has turned out, I, the word of God had not disappointed me. The way my life had turned out, the word of God has not disappointed me. That's why this week, I'm, this month and next month, I'm calling you to know him better. And the best place to know him is in his word. No matter how long you pray, if you don't know his word, your prayer is only annoyance. Because prayer is quoting God's word back to him. Prayer is, is asking God to do something for you according to his promises and his word. If you don't have his word in the inside of you, what are you going to tell him? My children are expecting that. They get me to give them a promise for the future. Especially when they see I'm busy. They come around in the morning. Tetebiya and Nana especially. Kevin and Mami Sewa, their time have passed there. I know their tricks. Tetebiya and Mami um Nana comes to me when they know I'm busy working. Daddy, can we get pizza this evening? Daddy, can we get pizza? They like, know I'm working. Please go out. Get it. Like, yeah, yeah, you can, you can get pizza. And then they get me to promise. That by evening, they come to me and say, Daddy, you remember in the morning, you promised us pizza by evening. Did I? Oh, yeah, Daddy. When we came, when you were working, you said you would give us pizza. Once they quote my word back to me, I do not want my children to feel that they have a father who gives promises he does not fulfill. They will translate it to God. Now, people who build very good relationship with their fathers build good relationship with God. It's very easy to do it. So I have to fulfill that. Sometimes I give them conditions for the buying of the pizza. If you do your homework at this time and you take your bath at this time and you do that at this time, then I'll buy the pizza. Sometimes you, so when they come to me and say, Daddy, the pizza, have you done your homework? No. Have you taken your bath? No. No pizza. Daddy, we are going to do it and come back to get it. I said, even if you do it, you will still not get it. You will get it tomorrow. So you just still go and take your bath. Sometimes some of the promises of God to us are conditional. And until we fulfill those conditions, it does not answer our prayers.
and grant us our request. Am I speaking to someone? The word of God also makes you fruitful. So, I'm trying to explain to you why we must walk through the Bible. Okay? The word of God also makes you fruitful. So far, I've explained to you how the Bible is a mystery written over 2,000 years by 40 authors and yet, the same theme runs through Jesus Christ. I've also shown you what famous people have said about the Bible. And I'm not telling you what the Bible is saying about itself. How powerful, how influential the Bible is. I'm not surprised that Kwame Nkrumah was voted the Millennium Man of Africa. Do you know that Kwame Nkrumah's first degree was in theology? Check on him and see. What's in theology? He, he actually used to make money to support himself by preaching in churches. Whatever he did with it later was his own problem. But at least he laid a certain foundation for him. One of the most successful professors in this country one time sent me his CV because I needed it for, to support a document and he graciously sent it to me it was in his CV that I realized that despite all that the man has about five masters one of them is on theology he has about three bachelors one of them is on theology and about two doctorates an amazing man and I was wondering that is the reason why you are so successful that's the reason why you are so successful you are a bible student you studied the bible you are not just someone who wants a christian life by prosy wants a prophet to live your christian life for you wants your pastor to study the bible for you jesus asked the disciple who do men say i am they said it so easily and all the men were wrong and then but who do you say i am Peter says something, you are Christ, the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. There are certain levels of revelation that flesh and blood cannot reveal to you. Except the spirit of God. So me as your pastor, I will speak to you, I will prophesy in parts, I will, I will see in parts, prophesy in parts, know in parts, preach to you in parts, but you and the Holy Ghost, you will get the full. You will get a full picture. You will get a full picture. You will get a full picture. Place your Christian life above any life you have. I was telling my daughter the last time. I said, I can only be a good pastor if I'm a good Christian. I said, once I'm a good Christian, I don't have to struggle to be a good pastor. But if I'm a bad Christian, I will be a bad pastor. Being a Christian is like having an engine in the car. And being a pastor is the car itself. The car looks nice, but what drives the car is the engine. Without the engine, it is nothing. Being a good wife starts by being a good Christian. Being a good husband starts by being a good Christian. Being a good employee starts by being a good Christian. 
It starts by being a good Christian. If you cannot be a good Christian, you cannot be good in anything. <laughs> oh, wow. So today I'm introducing, because I may, I may end on the, uh, somewhere here, and then tomorrow, and then next week, we will go into who Jesus is in the listing. Because today we came to Bible school at 7 a.m. So I have to make sure we leave early. That's the... <laughs> okay, okay. So now, now, the third thing that the Bible does for you, the third benefits you get, studying the Bible, studying the Bible, studying the Bible, the third benefits you get, it makes you fruitful. It makes you fruitful. I need to establish it here and now that my success, nobody is a shareholder in my success. Anybody who positions himself as being too important in my success, you are fighting God. You are fighting God. Let me show you the secret of my success, my fruitfulness in life. Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bad and flourish, so, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word. So is my word that goes out of from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Hey, can I explain something to you? But I feel like you know that what that, that what that means. It means that the same effect rains have on earth is the same effect the word of God has on the believer. No rains, there will be famine. No rains, there will be drought. We will not even get food to eat. No matter the amount of seeds we put down, if there are no rains, it, it won't bear fruit. That's how it is. God's word is like the rain. You are like the seed. When you study it, you become fruitful. Your marriage is a seed. If you marry according to his word, it bears fruits. Your life, your life, your professional life, your professional life must be by his word, by his word, by his word, by his word. It will bear fruits. Now I'm teaching you how to be greater than your em employer. People who employed me before, today seek consultation with me. Because when I worked for them, I worked according to the Bible. The Bible was my constitution. I didn't need job description to work. <laughs> I, I didn't need rules and regulations in the office for me to behave. The word of God, the word of God was my standard. The word of God was my standard. Whatever you reap, you will sow. So I knew that anywhere I work, whatever I'm sowing, and I will reap it later. And God's word does not change. It doesn't change. It will surely happen. It will surely happen. It will surely happen. When you see, that's why I'm saying that. Listen, listen, listen. People who are envious of genuine pastors, to get ready to have 
have hypertensions. Because we will continue to bear fruit. 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 You know why? Because the word of God waters us. The more we study it, the more we study it, the more we study it, the more we study it. When my children are looking for me and they can't find me, they know I'm in my study. You come to my room immediately and walk straight. They don't walk to my bed first. There was one time I think mommy said, wow, oh, Kevin. I was just, so where I am in the house, has my study, and it's like a studio, has a bed in the corner there, and then has a little hall. So one of them walks into my, this thing, and I was at the hall, listening to news, watching news. I think as a whole, it was quiet. There was nothing going on. I was just at the hall, pondering, meditating. Then the person just passes and goes straight to my study. Say, oh, daddy is not here. I said, I'm here. So I said, but why did you just walk to that place? But you are always there. You are always there. They know where I'll be. My study. What am I doing? God's word. God's word. God's way. Mommy was going to write examination recently and we're discussing how to start detecting the things that Professor Redu taught us today. Uh, I, we're just sitting down and said, okay, write this down. I said, use my, your phone to record this down. And I was pouring out theology without reading it. I said, the Trinity. Okay, write this down on the Trinity. I said, this, write it down on this. This right is not on this. You know what he said to me? He said, Hey, honey. Say, honey, the word of God is inside you. Hey, where should it be? Outside me, like I'm finished. I know where I'm coming from. I know what they did to my father. And I have seen pastors who did not study God's word and what has happened to them. Finally, I close you. Next week, we'll look at Jesus in all the books. Today, this is just a foundation. An introduction. This is just the introduction. We haven't even started. We haven't even started. Now, number four, the word of God brings you spiritual growth. Brings you spiritual growth. Now, next Wednesday, I'm talking on two or three, three or four of the disease, spiritual diseases. One is called spiritual kwashioko. Spiritual kwashioko. Why you don't grow? And then one is called spiritual lameness. And I'll show you five areas you must work in order for you to progress in your Christian life. If you are not working in those areas, you are lame. You are spiritually lame. And I'll show you. <laughs> spiritual growth. The word of God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. As newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word. That ye may grow thereby. That ye may grow thereby. That ye may grow thereby. Your spiritual growth eh, is more important than any other growth in your life. I was telling the pastors, the pastoral associates, how I survived Bible school and how I came out of Bible school better. I said, on my own, on my own, in Bible school, the first thing I did was a form for my Bible school friends to evaluate my life. 
evaluate me. After six months in Bible school, I gave them forms. Without them writing their record, it's called anonymous, eh? anonymous forms. I said, fill, fill them. Tell me what you know about me. And I, I skewed the questions in a way that you can't just praise me. So there were portions of them that people really insulted me. I was good. Iron sharpened iron. Today, that Bible school tells me that I am the most successful product that they ever produced. I attended in my first Bible school. I attended. I'm the most successful product. Why? Because throughout the is, is um, the existence of the Bible school, no student was courageous enough to ask his peers evaluate him. After the evaluation, I made my, my mind that it would take prayer, fasting, and the study of the word for me to become better. I developed my own graph. Every day I plotted my prayer life. So if today I, I, I prayed two hours, I'll plot it. If next day I prayed one and a half hours, I'll plot it. If the next day I went three hours, I'll plot it. If another day I went, I'll plot it. I'll plot it. Well, and then my Bible studies. Let me feel the prayer. Tell you my plotting. The one day the Lord said, your prayer life is zigzaga, zigzaga. It's up and down, up and down. Do you want a rise and fall story with me? I said, no, Lord. He said, your prayer life must keep rising if you want to keep rising in life. So every week, my graph had to go up. My graph had to go up. My graph had to go up. And the minimum was two hours to start. So I don't start from 30 minutes and I give myself 35 minutes and I keep going out and start pampering myself. I'll be deceiving myself. I did this throughout my whole Bible school time. And my Bible studies also had a graph. Ah, also had a graph. How long I studied the Bible every day. I plotted it. I plotted it. But it also gave me zigzag. God says, no, you can't grow like this. You want to grow? You have to have you have to be an ascending order. This exact Bible studies, you will not get anywhere with me. I plotted it. By the time I finished Bible school, Bible studies and prayer had not only become a spiritual exercise, but has even become a habit for me. You know, if you train yourself to use the washroom every 6 a.m., Every 6 a.m. You train yourself to use the washroom every 6 a.m. Every 6 a.m. Your body will tell you you have to go to the washroom. You know that? If you train yourself to eat every 8 a.m. Every 8 a.m. Your body will be calling for food. In the same way, if you train your spirit in a certain dimension. If you train your spirit to study God's word at a certain times in your life. Your spirit begins to call for it. Now hear me. The word of God was written by inspiration. So you cannot study it in any other way apart from by inspiration. What do I mean by it? You see, those who wrote the Bible wrote it with the presence of God over them. If you truly want to understand, if you want the word of God to be alive to you, let me tell you something. If one story in the Bible has become boring for you, so when you take your Bible to read, 
He said, oh, this one I read already. Let me go to another one. It's the same thing. Let me go to another one. Do you know what it means? What it means is that you are reading the Bible the same way you read your, 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 your storybooks. You, are, you read it as if you are reading to go and write examination. It, 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 that's why it is boring for you. That's why it is boring for you. The reason why I don't take academic programs at the university is that for me, it is boring to repeat the same thing. It keeps, it's so boring for me to repeat the same thing. So, so if we see, so I do more of training. But every training I do, if I train you today and you ask me to come and repeat the same training the next day, it will be different. It will be better. So, why hasn't the word of God become boring to me? It has not. It's because it is alive for me. Let me, let, I'm, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. Very soon. Listen. You can be alive without living. Some people are alive, but they are dead. The reason why your husband or wife you don't click anymore and you are boring to each other and it's like, hey, you are no longer alive to each other. Any dead thing is boring. You see, that's why after a while, you want to change your bed. Even though the bed is not broken, but the same bed, the same bed over a period of time becomes boring. The same chair, the same chair over a period of time becomes boring. Sometimes you just want to change the 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 arrangement in your room because everything in your room is a non-living thing so you have to change it but you see when my daughter Mami Sewa leaves home everybody's asking when is she coming back home when is she coming yesterday her sister came daddy Mami Sewa didn't come home and Nana who is a man um Men are very egoistic. He doesn't want me to know that they miss Mami Sewa. He miss Mami Sewa. Come around and say. But the Karen, Karen is just making friends in the school. So he doesn't want to come home. He doesn't want to come home. You have to call her. So that she doesn't get into bad friends. So that's me coming home. He's missing Karen. Because you know something? Karen has a way in which he keeps the home alive. She has stories to tell. She has jokes to make. You, you get it? People who are alive, we don't get bored of them. That's why mommy has been for 29 years. He's not bored of me. I'm alive, Papa. Me, I'm, I'm alive. Hey! Around 10 p.m., we all know that okay, it is time for us because for us to be in our because we have different prayer times and other things, so we, we just Say good night to each other. And then she'll call me. Are you sleeping? I said, Oh no, I'm just relaxing. I'll sleep, but I'm just relaxing. Oh, any Brian won't come She lost my conversation. Then I go there, we start talking. We can talk and talk and talk and talk. And then 2 a.m. she say, Also, Amanda, you see, you haven't let me sleep. You see, I said, Why are you blaming me for just coming to talk? You invited me for talk. I'm alive. For 29 years, I'm so not boring. I'm alive. 
Now, the word of God has to be alive to you for you to be able to read the same verse and the same <laughs> chapter 500 times. And it's still not boring. It has to be alive to you. How does it become alive to you? How does the word of God become alive to you? You must create the presence of God. You must create the presence of God. Every evening I read the Bible before I sleep. And every morning I read before I sleep. That is religion. I know you must have a time for it. But it's not when you are going to lie on your bed. Then you take your phone. And then you say, see, 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 see. John chapter 1 verse 18. And then you read it. Please. I grow your Sunday school mentality. I grow your Sunday school mentality. I grow your memory verse mentality. You must have the word of God alive in the inside of you. You do it before you study. You pray. You create the presence. You put God's word before you like this. And it's alive. Like something is talking to you. 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 That, it changes your life. It changes your life. It makes you grow in the spirit. You become strong in the spirit. You become powerful in the spirit. You begin to control things in the spirit. And once you are, once you are in charge in the spirit, physical things are easy for you to make happen. Physical things are able for you to able. <laughs> Go to Mampongo and see what Bishop Dag has done. He's bought almost my hometown. Bought almost half of the hometown. Mampong. And what he has built there, it is spiritual authority that is manifesting. Go to Abu Sokan and go and see what Apostle General Samkranchian Christ is doing. Go and see what he's doing. He's bought almost the whole place. See what Bishop Yansare has done. Half of Nigeria. <laughs> I mean, I mean, people build chapels that when they make altar call, they have to put you in the bus and drive you through the chapel, the front. Because from the end of the chapel to the other side of the chapel, it is like from, from Accra to your hometown. It is spiritual authority that comes from his word. Spiritual audacity. Spiritual authority goes with audacity. So spiritual authority goes with physical audacity. When I tell you I'll buy things, believe me, my audacity is based on my spiritual authority. My audacity is based on my spiritual authority. If you don't know what we know, you will not understand what we say. If we don't feel the things we feel, the spirit of God is staring in our spirit. Brother, this life is too physical and spiritual. To the spiritual over the physical. And spend more time with the spiritual than with the physical. Let the Holy Ghost be your friend than these unholy friends who gets you into drunkenness and gets you into all manner of sins. Please, let the Holy Ghost be your friend. If you have a sense of loneliness and you need men, you need people, you need people to have a sense of fulfillment, it's a clear indication that you are lonely in the spirit.
study his word and love a church like this that has God's word and love a bishop like this that preaches God's word unadulterated, undiluted to give you firm foundations in him and get you rooted and built up in him please meet me on Wednesday on Wednesday I'll be, I'll be teaching, I'm continuing on spiritual diseases and I will show you some diseases you are suffering from you know what is spiritual anemia <laughs> the Holy Ghost is the blood that runs through your spiritual veins so if you don't have connection with the Holy Ghost you are spiritual, you are suffering from spiritual anemia and let me show you how it is um, biologically, those of you in medicine here, if you go, you can help me. Biologically, when you, your, blood, your blood is low, it causes sleeplessness, causes anemia, isn't it? But when your blood is low, it causes a sense of anemia. But your blood is low, you can't sleep. In the spirit, when your blood is low, the Holy Ghost is low, you sleep. Even when someone is going on, someone's like this, you'll be sleeping. <laughs> you can even sleep and dream. Hey, we went to we went to all night. We went to all night. Then after long hours of prayer, the pastors now said, "Can we share our visions?" So I talked about our visions. One brother just said, "Pastor, I had a dream at an all night spiritual anemia." God bless you. Thank you for joining me today. Kabababaya lift up your voice pray the lord let the entrance of this word bring me light bring me understanding let the entrance of the word bring me light and understanding begin to pray this word will bring you a certain light and a certain understanding for your christian life it will bring you a certain word and a certain understanding for your christian life this word will bring you will bring you something it will bring you something lift up your voice and pray Help us, Jesus. Help Jesus. For your word, bring it lighter and bring it understanding to the simple. That what have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you? As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of his word, that ye may grow thereby. In Jesus' name. Father, let the word. Let us desire the word. Help us to desire the word. Help us to desire the word. Help us to desire the word. Help us, Lord, to desire the word. This week, let us be hungry and thirsty for you. Let us be hungry and thirsty for you. Let us be hungry and thirsty for you. In Jesus' name. Amen.